We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Nate, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Jared. How about you, buddy? I love the enthusiasm there. That was that was something else. Is that because of the Dodgers won? Are you a big Dodger fan now? No, no. I honestly was rooting for both teams to lose, if that's even possible. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it is. I gotta think about it for a second. No, it's well, the postseason. No, if the no. Dodgers would have used enough pitchers, then maybe it would have messed the rotation up for the Giants series. So I guess that's a lose lose, but didn't quite use enough. Well, they didn't have any starters on their roster, did they? They didn't have Urias or Bueller. Ur- Urias was the the guy going in if Taylor didn't hit that bomb. Oh, was he? Okay, I didn't think I didn't know Urias was on the roster. Bueller was not though. Yeah. Bueller starting game one. I would assume Urias starts game two. Because that's not enough rest for Max. Then and I assume Max starts game three at home. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah, guys, if you're listening to this, it, we are one day early. We're not going Friday. It's a little scheduling issue, but we still want to get three podcasts out per week for you guys. And we still have a pretty fun show here for you guys. So, Nate, let's start this show off. I have a, kind of an interesting question, I guess. I don't know if it's a question much as I'm just going to say something and I want your immediate response to it that makes sense albert pujols as a dodger he's gonna win the world series mvp (laughs) all right yes no i i get that i get that but what has changed is it like i'm not quite albert pujols is coming off the bench for the dodgers why is that a thing and it wasn't a thing in anaheim if that makes sense I think the the biggest difference is the Dodgers were in first place and they're winning. Um, I think he understands that that as long as he's helping the team win, he doesn't really care what his role is, but he wants the team to win. He wanted a chance at another ring, 
And I think that was the biggest difference is that he's looking at the Angels going, we're not winning with me playing or without me playing, so what's the difference? Like, you're paying me all this money, let me play baseball. And I think he goes to the Dodgers with, you know, not a lot of expectation, knowing um, they have Max Muncy, they have Cody Bellinger, they have, you know, all these other guys who could play first base. And I think the other thing, too, is the clubhouse. The clubhouse is amazing in L.A. The Dodgers really have built a great clubhouse, and I know that's that's tough to say, you know, not being a huge Dodger fan, but they really have built a good clubhouse. Dave Roberts does a really good job over there at managing that team. And I think they just have fun, you know, like baseball's fun. And the Dodgers really embrace that baseball is fun. And I don't remember the last time watching the Angels and going, wow, baseball's fun for them. It's, it's been a long, long time since you've watched the Angels and just said, wow, baseball is fun. I think the Angels have had spurts of baseball being fun, if that makes sense. But I think but even when the Dodgers are losing, it's still fun. Like they, you can tell that win or lose, they had fun playing the game, and that the Angels only have fun when they win, and that's not very often. Yes, that's definitely fair, and I, I don't know what the answer to that is. Like I'm trying to think about, you know, is it? Joe Madden, and it, you know, that doesn't seem to be it. Is it, you know, the clubhouse? It could very well be the clubhouse, you know, where they just don't have very many clubhouse friendly players, if that makes sense. I, I'm just not too sure. So I just wanted to throw out like Albert Pujols just because I was watching, like, we were, everybody watched the game, but like, you look at Albert Pujols and he's out there having fun again. And I mean, you nailed it. Like that, that was exactly what I wanted to bring up was Albert Pools is basically having fun. And, and it's not that we didn't see that in Anaheim because he is a, a great guy and, and a fun guy, but I just don't know. I just don't know. You know, like he goes to, he goes to the best team in baseball in the regular season. Well, a game behind the best team in baseball, 106 wins, whatever it was. And he becomes you know, a, a decent player now. And I, I just don't know if it's the way they use him. And, and you look at it and it's like, well, the Angels could have used him that way. But, you know, it didn't seem like, you know, anybody wanted that to be the case. And and I just don't, I don't know. You know, it's just, I don't know if it's on the fans. I don't know if it's on the front office. I don't know if it's on Artie. I don't know if, who it you blame for it. But I don't know. It just kind of, it's kind of an interesting thing. And something that I kind of wanted to bring up, and I think you kind of, you hit what I was thinking right on the head, which was the we fun didn't part. We talk about it too, which is good. No, yeah, we just kind of jumped right into it. You, I mean, normally we kind of go into, if you guys kind of want to know the background about how we, you know, figure out what we're going to talk about on a daily basis, I hop onto a call with Nate about five minutes before we start recording, and I say, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. And then, you know, we talk for a couple minutes about baseball and then stuff comes to my mind and we kind of talk about it um, and we record it and we put it out for you guys. So it, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's, tonight's kind of a little bit different. I actually have a plan and I don't know if it's going to go better. I don't know if it's going to go worse, but we'll just kind of see how it goes. But yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting that, you know, you bring up the fun aspect and I don't know how to, how do you solve that in a sense? How do you solve the angels having more fun, you know, cause you I mean, get cancers out of the locker room. 
we don't know if there are necessarily cancers in the locker room. Or I'm cancers. pretty sure that there, there's a reason that the locker room – you don't make clubhouse guys the number one thing on your off-season to-do list unless there's a problem in the clubhouse. You know, like I don't think the Dodgers' number one thing in their clubhouse is like – or in their off-season is like, ah, we got to get good clubhouse guys. It's no, let's go get the best guys we possibly can. And hearing all off season last last year was we gotta get good clubhouse guys. We need somebody in here who's gonna lead this team, who's gonna be a good clubhouse guy. There's only one reason you do that. That's because there are cancers in the clubhouse. We don't know who they are, but I think there are cancers in the clubhouse based on the way people talked last off season. Yeah, that's fair. And I think again, bring Dexter Fowler in, and and I think. I mean, you hit it on the head a couple shows ago when when we talked about it, and bringing him back would be would be a step in the right direction. But I mean, again, you're nailing it. Like the fact that we have to talk about this is kind of brutal per se. <laughs> it, it is actually just horribly brutal because that's not what you know the Angels really need. I mean, the Angels need good players, yes, but the Angels also somehow now need leadership. Like I feel like that comes along with with it you know someone needs to step up somebody in the clubhouse needs to step up and and you can have a bunch of guys that don't you know want to talk to the media and and don't want to do this don't want to do that but you know at the end of the day you need a Tory Hunter you know you you need one of those guys and Albert Pujols kind of was that guy I feel like though you know we may have heard different things but you know it it kind of is what it is so yeah I, I just I don't know. That's probably the last time baseball was fun for the Angels. It's when Torrey Hunter was on the team, which was what? The last time we made the playoffs? Coincidence? 2014. I think not. Yeah, and, and I've always said that that was, you know, the main reason for the Angels' collapse, per se. I don't even know if, if you can call it collapse, but yeah, I, I, that was one of the big things that I think that the Angel, that killed the Angels and has always killed the Angels, is is letting go of, of somebody like that, like Torrey Hunter, who who was a voice in the clubhouse and who was the dude. You don't have to be the best player on the field. You just have to be the dude in the clubhouse. And and every good team has one, two, a couple of those guys. And, and we've been on teams like that where there's a guy that, that steps up and he might be a senior, he might be a junior. And and once he's gone, it's like, well, it, it's just not the same anymore. You know, it's just not, that's just kind of not it anymore. So yeah, you, you hit it right on the nose. I think winning solves a lot, but you know you can win and not have fun, if that makes sense. You ever been on a team like that? Yeah, absolutely. I think junior year of high school, we made the playoffs, and you know we were winning, but it wasn't as fun. Senior year, we had a lot of fun, and we were winning. Yep. So that's kind of all that I want to say about it. So, guys, if you are listening to this podcast, go subscribe to it real quick. Wherever you are listening to it, leave us a five-star review if you think we deserve it. If you have some ideas of how we can make this show better, let us know. Go ahead and follow us on all our social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We'll post all those, and we'll talk with all you guys. I talked with a fan of ours today, Bucky. You know, shout out to Bucky, you know, for shooting me a message. I really did appreciate you talking to us. And that's kind of actually one of the topics that I'm, I'm going to bring up is what he was talking about to me. So, yeah, you guys are you guys are the real reason behind all this, and guys, give us one second to pay the bills. What's going on, everybody? I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast 
here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, We'll help get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you'll get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as other hosting sites would charge you just for the initial setup fee. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sporting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. And now, back to talking Halos. All right, enough with all the introductions. Let's get this show rolling and talk a little bit of Angels baseball. We do have a little bit of news. Arizona Fall League is opening up. I believe next week, the 13th, I think, of October. I don't know exactly what today's date is, but it's starting here pretty soon, and and it's going to be a lot of fun to you know get the stats and get reports on those. The Angels minor leaguers, basically all prospects here that are playing in the fall league, Jeremiah Jackson, shortstop, Robinson Pena, uh, he's a right-handed pitcher. He made it up to double-A. Orlando Martinez, he was all the way up in double-A this year. Nathan Burns, who pitched in low A and was actually really good. I think the 19th round pick in this last year's draft for the Angels out of Oregon State. Coleman Crow, who just burst on the scene. Uh, it's going to be fun to see what he has to say in the Arizona Fall League. Zach Lingenfelter, another name that could possibly possibly be up for the Angels or even you know maybe mixed in some type of trade this offseason as the Angels do have a lot of young you know, kind of interesting pitchers, and last but not least, Anthony Mulrine, another very interesting name, probably going to fight for the backup catcher's role at the major league level next year, so another name that you probably want to pay attention to, but Nate, I know Jeremiah Jackson's probably the big name on this list, and actually definitely is the big name on this list, is probably being the Angels' top prospect that'll be playing there, and I don't mean he's number one, but he's the highest ranked prospect, but any other names that, you know, kind of I don't even know if you know any of these guys, really, but any other names that kind of uh, jump off the page to you? Yeah, of course. Uh, Mulrine is the one that really jumps off the page. I, was, I remember watching him last spring. Um, looked looked pretty good, obviously, raw and not quite ready. But, um, yeah, I think I think this is a really important time for him to take a, a, the next step and, and find out if he has a shot to uh, to compete for that backup spot because, obviously, like you said, we are – probably losing Kurt Suzuki. I think a lot of people would agree that that's the right move. So is he the guy or is he the next Anthony Bemboom? Who's the guy, who's the next guy if we lose a catcher or something like, I think that role is been, that's been something that the angels have been relatively thin at for a long time is catching. And, you know, I personally would have liked to see them sign another catcher to a minor league deal, uh, Tyler Flowers, someone like that, where they sit in AAA and, you know, when Suzuki or somebody goes down, uh, Stassi, that, that's the type of guy you want to call up instead of, you know, whoever we've been calling up because 
catching has been a big, big problem for the Angels. You know, Stassi's played well. I think that this was a big breakout year for him, but it's really, really hard to count on a guy who's had hip surgery to catch 150-plus games. And, and if that's what you're going to do, you, you can't be doing that. So they, they need depth there, and I think he's the big guy to look out for. 100%. I, I really like Anthony. He's a, he's a good guy. I um, had the pleasure of watching him a lot this season. And it helped that you know he caught every single one of Reed Detmer's starts, every single one of Chris Rodriguez's starts, every single one of Davis Daniels' starts. So, you know, and, and I've only heard good things about him. And, and you know, hopefully, a, a, maybe a guest on this show at some point down the road here, maybe once the um, Arizona Fall League's over. So, yeah, definitely, I, I really like Mole Ryan. He's not going to hit a lot for you. Um, you know, the prototypical catcher is probably going to be a below average hitter, but. I mean, he, he, he does the job description. He catches, he throws the ball, and, you know, he, he does it all really good. He frames pretty well, so I'm excited to see what they have. So, Nate, on to our next topic. And, again, this is something that one of our listeners brought up. Bucky, you know, just kind of want to tip the cap to him for bringing this up. And he and I kind of talked about Brennan Davis a little bit playing shortstop. And, you know, I was like, eh, I, I don't know if that's really going to be the case. And, you know, in the back of my head, it was like, I wonder who the Angels could really, you know, bring in and, and, and trade for or something along the lines of that. And the first name, the first thing that, you know, I, I do is go on to fan graphs and look at shortstops and, and look at the offense and look at the defense. And that kind of sparked the question in my head, what would you rather have at shortstop, an offensive-minded or defensive-minded shortstop? Honestly... The biggest biggest thing for me is defense. Uh, I I think the Angels' offense is, is good enough. I think you could have a, a relatively good offense without um, a Trevor Story, a Corey Seager, um, a big name like that, Carlos Correa, whoever you want to put in there. Insert uh, big name free agent shortstop. I don't think they need that. I think that they need a guy who can do a little bit on the offensive side, maybe hit and run. Um, lay some bunts down, steal some bases, things like that, and just really contribute and be a tough out at the plate. You know, they don't have to hit 300, but if they're um, tough outs, I, I think that's what you're looking for from an offense, offensive standpoint for the Angels. I think that the biggest need for them is a defensive-minded shortstop. I, I really do. I think that if you can play really good defense up the middle, all the way up the middle, that's behind the dish, that second short center, um, that really, really helps the pitching out. And I think that's something you've seen a lot lately is, oh, the Angels have a really good defense, and, you know, it hasn't been that way. And, and I think part of that is to blame on, on the pitchers because I think uh, when you're not throwing strikes, it it makes the defense fall asleep and, and you make errors. So. I would like to see the Angels get a little bit better on the mound at throwing strikes and being competitive in the zone. But also, if you have a guy who plays really, really good defense, I think that's fine. And I know the name you're going to bring up, and I don't think he's the guy to bring back. Who's the guy? Who's the guy that? I mean, Andrew Simmons, obviously. I think is that, that name. That, that is the guy. As as I was looking through the shortstop names, two names, two teams. You know, the Pittsburgh Pirates who aren't close to contending and the Kansas City Royals who are probably a little bit closer to contending than 
you know, you or I thought, or or even the Miami Marlins, who are a little bit closer to contention than, you know, you than most people think, but you and I, you know, really think that they are close. Have shortstops that are that are kind of interesting. Kevin Newman, Nicky Lopez, and Miguel Rojas. And I know Nicky Lopez would probably be a, a second base shortstop mix, and you can kind of platoon in a sense Fletcher and those and and Lopez. But those were the three best defensive shortstop in baseball according to fan graphs and three kind of in a sense completely different years you had Newman who was basically David Fletcher he a lesser bat David Fletcher he had five home runs he struck out seven percent of the time he batted 226 he had a 54 WRC plus which is well below average but he was the best defensive shortstop in in baseball put up a point a point three war you look at Nicky Lopez, who didn't have a lot of power, but was a slightly above league average hitter and the second best defender in baseball. Again, Miguel Rojas, pretty similar to Nicky Lopez, hit for a little bit more power. Uh, it was a slightly below league average hitter and was a the third best defender in baseball. So, I don't know. I, I just kind of, those are three names that popped right into my head. Trevor Story was number four defensively and Carlos Correa were number five but I think those two names are going to get quite a lot of money uh, when it's all said and done and you know it, if it was me I would be going to Pittsburgh and being like hey what does Kevin Newman cost because this guy is really freaking good defensively and you know I, you guys don't really need him but in the back of my head also was like this guy's not going to hit it's basically a lesser David Fletcher so I just kind of want to get your two cents on this and see kind of the direction that you thought the Angels might go. Or even like Isaiah kind of fleffer too. Fleffa. I think that it's got to be, it can't be the 528 OPS, you know. I think it's got to be somewhere in the in the 700 OPS area. Um, yeah, I think Newman is is not good enough with the bat. I would, take, I would take Rojas. I know Rojas has played really good shortstop. The one thing about Rojas is his age. Uh, he's 32, going to be 33, I believe. So we're going to be in the same situation next offseason uh, because I believe he has one year left of team control. Of course, of the three, the best one is Nicky Lopez for me just because his age offensively and and defensively, it all makes sense. Um, I don't know if Kansas City moves him. I think... If they do, they're going to be looking for young pitching, which is kind of ironic because so are the Angels. So maybe it's a Griffin Canning for a Nicky Lopez swap. I don't know. I don't even know if that makes sense on paper for both sides. I don't even know uh, if either side would do that. But just off the top of my head, that's probably what it would look like. Um, but, yeah, Nicky Lopez would be the best of the three that you just mentioned. Last kind of question before we, we get going here. We'll keep this one a little bit shorter than normal. <laughs> You look at a guy like Trevor Story, basically a league average hitter this year, one of the better defenders at shortstop in baseball. Do we think he's really going to get paid that much? I mean, it's kind of interesting. Like I, I'm, I'm intrigued. Like if the Rockies qualifying offer QO him, basically, I wonder if he goes back to Colorado. You know, like because no, I, I, no I, no I don't think I don't think he does. I don't think he does either. But Absolutely no shot. But he was a league average hitter. Like, can you imagine if he was defensively the same and he took the qualifying offer, which is going to be $18 million, 
next year and then put up stupid numbers, hit 40 home runs, and, and was a well above league average hitter, he's going to get paid so much more. So I, I'm intrigued to know what the Rockies and Trevor Story do. I know you just you know said that he's not going back to Colorado, but it's... Um, I don't I'll know. put a lot of money on that. It's kind of I know I I know it, it but it's kind of interesting, man. When you when you look at it, like he could go back to Colorado and be, and and be a just an absolute stud, just go and rake in Colorado because he was kind of he probably had a down year offensively when you when you look at it. And yes, they have Brendan Rodgers there, who's who's his replacement, and it's going to be very good. And and I'm sure Trevor Story is going to get paid big. He's going to get five years, 125, probably upwards of 150 million dollars when it's all said and done. But I don't know. I just think that he might be able to get paid a little bit more if you know maybe he did go back to Colorado and and did crush it. So I don't know. I know you just you know said your two cents on that, but kind of another name here. I think we're probably going to go through short stops probably this all off this whole off season to see you know maybe we find a guy under the radar that makes a little bit of sense. I personally think the way that the Rockies handled the trade deadline with Trevor Story saying, yes, we will trade you. Yes, we want to get rid of you. We want to get something in return, and we also want to give you a shot to win. Um, And they kept throwing his name out there. Yes, we're willing to trade him. Yes, we're willing to trade him. And then he gets there, and he doesn't get traded, and he was pretty upset about that. So I think with the distractions he had um, in Colorado this year with – the Nolan Arenado trade, the um, I, I believe he had an injury as well. So you look at all those things. Uh, the GM gets fired shortly after making the Nolan Arenado trade. Like just all these things add up, and just a huge distraction for Trevor Story. Uh, I think that people are going to base it off of his the past five years and not this past year. And I think he gets somewhere in the seven-year 210, 180 range, somewhere between 180 and 210. Um, 180, I believe, is like, what is that, like 21, 25 million? I, I think that's right around where he'll get. That's a little bit rich for me, know, knowing what the market is this year. That's only because the market is in kind of crazy this year for shortstops. But then again... You know, remember what Lindor made. No, yeah, 100%. Everybody's going to be basing it off Lindor. And, and you look at Carlos Correa as a free agent and, and should get more than Lindor. But is he really going to get more than Lindor when it when it's all said and done? Probably not. He's not as good as Lindor, so I would say no. Oh, uh, I think, I mean, same thing with Corey, um, Corey Seager. Like, Corey Seager's just as good as Lindor when he's healthy, but he's not going to get any more because he's, you know, not that much. Yeah, he's always hurt. And Javi Baez is the same thing. Javi Baez is a big name. He's going to put butts in seats for you and sell jerseys, you know. But, like, is he going to make Lindor money? No, probably not. And I and I, and, and I would have to assume that the Angels aren't paying any of these guys, you know, especially if, if the plan is to go pitching heavy this offseason. So, you know, it, it'll just be – it's going to be kind of interesting to see. I, I wanted to bring all that stuff up. I know we – we're going to kind of let everybody go here. So do you have any final thoughts before before we do let everybody go? No final thoughts, actually, today. Just uh, have a good weekend, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Absolutely. I, I'm excited. It's going to be a fun weekend of, of postseason baseball. Guys, don't forget, no podcast on Friday, unfortunately. We just have a little scheduling. Um, 
mishap going on, so we're going to put this out on Thursday when you're listening to this. And, yeah, we'll see you guys on Monday. So, guys, don't forget to follow this podcast, subscribe to this podcast, wherever you're going. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tim's. You can follow Nate on Twitter at NateGreen34. If you like the Rams, go listen to our brother podcast, sister podcast, however you want to call it, um, Butting Heads. That's Derek C. Apollo's podcast. Go listen to that. They do a fantastic job there with football season. If, if you guys aren't listening already, they, like I said, do a fantastic job, especially you know with Rams and everything like that. So, guys, thank you so much for listening, and have a great rest of your day. <laughs> Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.